law of self-defense content you are about to enjoy is presented for general educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. If you are in need of legal advice, consult competent legal counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only one additional juror is required for a full jury to be impaneled for this trial. Of the seven prospective jurors that went through today, three were struck for cause by the court. One because she conceded to the court she could not be impartial another because of difficulty understanding English, and a third because of a sick child at home. Prospective juror number 116, who self-described, a male who self-described as a fisher and hunter, was struck by the state using a peremptory strike, leaving the state with two remaining peremptory challenges. Perhaps more interesting, two others, prospective jurors number 115 and number 121 were struck by the defense using peremptory strikes, leaving the defense with only three remaining peremptory challenges. Both of these apparently young, based on their voices, prospective jurors struck my ear as utterly insincere in their protestations of being impartial and sounded to me highly prepped for voir dire, as if they'd carefully watched prior voir dire, and prepared what they thought were perfect juror answers. As we've seen time and again in voir dire, it was only the questionnaire completed last December that enabled the defense to smoke out these apparently wildly biased prospective jurors, biased, of course, against the defense, against defendant Chauvin. Frankly, it seems outrageous that the defense was obliged to use a strike for either of them. Indeed, so egregious was the case of prospective juror number 121 that Judge Cahill, having just denied a dismissal for cause motion by the defense and forcing the defense to use one of their precious remaining peremptory strikes, offered to revisit the request to strike for cause if it turned out that the defense later exhausted its strikes before a jury was impaneled. Judge Cahill himself described prospective juror number 121 as coming across as insincere and even flippant in voir dire and in his questionnaire. In response, defense counsel Nelson cited a Minnesota Court of Appeals decision noting that this belief by the trial judge was alone enough to dismiss for cause. And if the call on this juror was so ambiguous as to warrant an offer, an unsolicited offer to reconsider the denial of dismissal for cause later, then the call should clearly have gone to the benefit of the defendant who was supposed to be still presumed innocent. After all, how the defense makes use of its remaining peremptory strikes to a large extent is a function of how many strikes it has remaining. That total number matters. In any case, for those who are interested, I've included the video of the voir dire of these two apparently insincere and wildly biased jurors, number 115 and number 121, in the text version of today's content. The final juror, subject to voir dire today, or I should say the only juror not yet mentioned in today's post, is juror number 118, a female who was acceptable to both the defense and the state and was seated as the 13th juror in this case. This leaves only one remaining jury seat to be fulfilled to allow for 12 jurors and two alternates. And Judge Cahill vowed that court tomorrow would not go into recess until the final juror was selected. Juror number 118 has worked as a social worker for the last five years since graduating from college, Although social worker might be, and probably was, a red flag for the defense, she described a favorable view of police and apparently had frequently had police assist her in handling emergency situations with patients slash clients. 
Her initial impressions of the Floyd death were unfavorable to Chauvin, somewhat unfavorable, but she seemed sincere in claiming that this was entirely due to her information having come entirely from the media and that she was open-minded to hearing the whole story and both sides of it. In particular, she stated without prompting that she'd like to know to what extent Chauvin and the other officers involved had acted as they did because of training they had received. She herself, she told the court, received annual self-defense training as part of her work as a social worker. In her questionnaire, number 118 somewhat agreed that blacks do not get the same treatment as whites in the criminal justice system, but attributed this feeling not to personal experience, but to what she had been taught in college. She also agreed that police made her feel safe and strongly disagreed with defunding the Minneapolis Police Department, On the issue of police reform, she stated that in general, the police were a good thing and made the community safe, but she also believed there were possibilities for reforming or improving certain aspects of policing. She also had a neutral perception of both Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, saying that in her view, all lives matter and are worthy of respect. Ultimately, both the defense and prosecution declined to challenge her cause or strike with the challenge, so number 118 became the 13th juror for this trial. And I've embedded the voir dire of number 118 in the text version of today's content, as I have, again, those two uh, apparently insincere and wildly biased prospective jurors who were stricken by the defense for cause, uh, sorry, stricken by the defense with peremptory strikes, even though, in my opinion, they both should have been stricken for cause. And those were jurors number 115 and 121. Find the video of their voir dire in the text version of today's content as well. Okay, folks, court is in recess until 9 a.m. Central Time tomorrow, March 23rd. I'll see you all then. Again, live parlouring the court proceedings on Parlor at my handle, at Law of Self-Defense, no spaces. I'm attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense, guest commenting for a legal insurrection. Until then, stay safe. 